Hello again, everybody. If you could uh, find your way back to your seat in short order, that would be wonderful. You can't see this, but there's a really accusing clock on the monitor in front of me on the platform here that tells me that we're a minute behind. So I think we're doing remarkably to keep the time, but we need to you know, keep it snappy, otherwise someone's gonna get upset. It'll probably be Adam, I expect. He's got one of those faces. Uh, now it's uh, another great privilege of mine to introduce Adam once again, who's gonna interview Jonathan. If you guys would come up, I will say some nice things about Jonathan. Migs, his wife, was telling me earlier not to mention anything about beards, so let's make sure I don't mention anything about beards, but I think you'll agree that Jonathan's beard is much more majestic than mine. <laughs> Jonathan's a director of Mind and Soul and also a director for Premier. Adam is going to talk to you and he more about his role now. Please welcome them both. Thanks, Hayden, for those glowing words of encouragement. You've stayed. Thank you so much for staying on uh, through the day and on a Saturday after an early start. It's really encouraging. It's really wonderful um, seeing you participate in the workshops and the main sessions. But more than that, seeing you sort of, you know, over a coffee, exchange a card, an email address, or a knowing nod, you know, yes, I know what you're going through. You know, it's just great seeing you people just really connecting with old friends and new. So uh, thanks for all you're, you're doing to, to do that. So yeah, just gonna have a very quick chat here with, with Jonathan, who I, who I do know quite well. So it's great to see you here, Jonathan. Yeah, it's good to be here too, back on the stage. <laughs> back on the have stage. Have you been on, on stage earlier for the seminar? Yes, you did a seminar earlier. And uh, we're not singing for you today, but that'll be the next event, I'm sure. The mini boy band we're working on. The bearded uh, I don't somethings. think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for the sake of equality, I'll ask some similar questions to the questions I asked Ali earlier, and it was wonderful to hear some more from her. So, Jonathan, um, we'll start with a familiar question. British Bake Off or Strictly? Hold on, stop. What do you reckon? Look at the man here. <laughs> look at him, look at him holistically. Not just, you know, Strictly you t strict or Bake Off? <laughs> Jonathan, please reveal. Neither. Oh, <laughs> you've got to choose one. I have no idea. I've not oh. really watched either. Okay, okay. That's a real um, disappointment, friends, isn't it? <clears throat> sorry. That's fine. I don't have much time to watch that sort of thing on telly. There's always time for Strictly. Okay. <laughs> Come to my house, living with three girls. There's always time for Strictly. Yeah. Whatever else you want to do in life, there's always time for Strictly. So, um, getting more serious now, Jonathan. PC or Mac? Um, PC. I, I knew it. I knew it. There's a table for prayer at the back. Uh, Mac consultants are there to see you. So. Well, the funny thing is, it should be Mac. Bearing in mind, I have iPads, iPhones, etc. Yeah. But, um, no, it's PC. Okay. Um, just to have a light-hearted question, Corbin or Cameron? No, we won't go there. Um, let's go back from this morning. Urban, the urban sort of jungle or country file? Where, country where are you? Country file. Absolutely, I live in the rural Somerset. 
Yeah, that's an easy one for you then, isn't it? Definitely. Great. So um, we asked Ali earlier what she would be doing this time on a Saturday morning, as it was at that time. What would you generally be doing this time on a Saturday if you're I... not watching Strictly or Bake Off? I'll probably be somewhere else in the country. Last Saturday, I was in Newcastle um, teaching listening skills. Um, in the last few weeks, I've been in anywhere from Aberystwyth to Newcastle to Morecambe to you name it, Cambridge. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I travel quite a lot. And in many ways, friends, Jonathan is the Alan Partridge of the Christian Conference world. <laughs> He's done every Premier Inn there is around the country. So, um, yeah, ask him for TripAdvisor reviews anytime. I'm the expert on Travel Lodge. Yeah. I can write the book. So, so um, let's get even more serious and back to the issue here. How, just tell us, uh, Jonathan, how you personally first became involved with issues, you know, around supporting folk with mental health uh, issues and challenges. Well, it really goes back to the fact that my parents when I was growing up, was always, they were always welcoming uh, people into their homes, often people who had a range of different issues themselves. And I always wondered how, how strange it was. It later transpired that my father had had a breakdown when he was in his teens and really had a heart for those that the church really wasn't opening its doors to. Um, and so really I grew up very much in that sort of home where all were welcome. And in fact, slightly later on, my mother, my grandmother had what was then described as manic depression, um, now known as bipolar. And so I actually grew up with some family sort of links into the mental health bit. Thank you, Jonathan. And as we said earlier, for many of us, this is really a personal issue, There's real personal things we're connecting with here. What about your sort of work with, with the church, particularly on these issues? Tell us something about what, what you're involved with and how you got into that. Well, the funny thing is, when I was quite young, um, people found that I was a fairly good person to come and talk to. So actually, from my teens, I ended up becoming a listener to, to lots of different people. And that really led me into um, training in mental health work. But I went, and then I went into the church as a church minister and quite naturally um, having an interest in mental health. And we, in my first church, there was a residential home in our community which specialised in dealing with people with mental health problems. And so we developed a working relationship. And uh, that's where a lot of my experience of the church part of how to respond pastorally to people with mental health problems. And as I said in my seminar earlier, some of the members of the church didn't quite know what they were taking on when they took me on and the link with the mental health home, where at one point half the congregation became, uh, came, came from the home, right. which changed the dynamics of the church somewhat. Yes. Yeah, a bit more interactive, I'm sure. Uh, just a bit. <laughs> Very interactive indeed. Fantastic. And just uh, so, as you folk know, I'm uh, one of the directors of Livability, Jonathan, with, with Premier, tell us something about the, the work you do with Premier, please. Yeah, I've been at Premier 17 years now. Um, I had been working in mental health and been a pastor of a church, and I'd always refused to listen to Premier. I really couldn't cope with the idea of Christian media, um, just purely because I was a Radio 4 listener. But then God kept saying, listen to Premier, listen to Premier, listen to Premier. So I eventually said, okay, you're telling me to do that, I will. Turned on the radio, 
And I think the second time I listened to, listened to it, it said, are you this, 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 and this? We're looking for a manager for Lifeline, the confidential helpline. And Miggs looked at me and said, you tick every box. I had a specialist interest in suicide and self-harm work through my professional work. I had, I was involved in a range of other things. And so I applied and the rest is history. I've been running Premier Lifeline, the confidential helpline, since 1998. And then been involved with Mind and Soul and a whole range of other things ever since. And, and what sort of things are presented to the to the, the folk who receive those calls? Because it's volunteer-led, isn't it, mainly? Yeah, basically my role, along with a, a couple of us, uh, a couple of other staff, is to recruit and train and support a team of 180 volunteers who take the phone calls. Without the volunteers, Lifeline would not exist. In the last year, we've taken 78,000 calls from a whole range of people, often not really knowing who they can talk to other than dial the number and speak to us. Some are isolated and lonely, others at crisis point in their life. And Lifeline really is that the, the Christian equivalent of the Samaritans, but it's someone to talk about your emotional issues, but from a Christian perspective, and actually talk about faith and where you are in your faith and how you're struggling with your faith in whatever way that may be. So it's, and then also asking for prayer. So it's Samaritans plus, okay. in that sense, it's plus spiritual. Yes. I'm sure folk here have, have heard a lot about that. And you can go to the website to find out more. There's a table outside. Um, if you go to the stand outside, there's lots of information about Lifeline, our phone number, when we're open. And there's also all the information about Premier and forthcoming conference for women and a whole host of other things go and have a look at the premier stand brilliant jonathan a question i asked ali earlier was um you know what are you seeing in terms of attitudes changing within the church towards folk with mental health challenges and issues yeah having worked in mental health since 1983 actually it's quite a long time now um it really is quite encouraging to see the change and in fact if you think back to uh, the first Mind and Soul conference, which is seven years ago, almost to the day, even in the last seven years, there have been significant changes in attitudes. We're on a journey. The church has started. It's almost as if you start pushing something which took a long time to get going. It is moving. It's a question of keeping that movement forward so that we can honestly make the church a place where everyone feels at home. So thank you, Jonathan. As someone who's been involved for many years um, and grown a beard through that period, uh, <laughs> as you've listened to people... He has, to I haven't. Uh, my, I've mine is, I wouldn't dare to even call mine a beard in comparison to yourself. Um, but what is the sort of message you would like people to take away from a day such as this? You know, just, just a real hope as we leave here and, and step back into our you know, realities that we're living in, serving in, supporting in. Um, I, this is where the plug for the book comes in, which is the book which I contributed to. It's got is, a book. <laughs> it's, it's not my book as such. I wrote the mental health chapter, Making Church Accessible to All. What do I want people to take away? Is that we desperately need to make sure the church is a place where everyone feels safe and secure and able to play the part that God wants you to have in the church, whoever you are, whatever your needs may be. And that we all have strengths and something to contribute and a place in God's kingdom. That's what I want.
Just a small thing. Just a small but thing. What an important message we want people to go back to. The worth of everyone. Uh, and the affirmation everyone needs to receive. So thank you. Would you give a round of applause to Jonathan and the work he represents? Thank you. And... Uh,